clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex, and Doc, you look so good here in my presence. Here we are in the fabulous Big Apple together. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Just don't even, it's so much, it's so little distance I from know, you. I know, right? <laughs> don't you feel great being so close to me and physical presence of me? Yeah, and I'm, I'm readjusting. Yeah. I'm readjusting. I understand. I see me every day and it can be a little overwhelming. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're back, we're back, we're back. It is season four. Now look, we all understand everybody that we were a little delayed this year because there was a little bit of upheaval that happened because the doc picked up her entire life and moved to Manhattan specifically for one reason, and that's to be closer to me. There were and other reasons. I like to believe that it Nothing was to, to be closer to me here so we could do season four together. It was completely coincidental, but I'm happy to be here with you. Thank <laughs> you so much, Doc. I'm going to take that as a win. Um. <laughs> I feel like though this close, like I don't really know where to put my eye rolls, right? <laughs> like they're so... Like when I was on screen with you, it was easier to kind of look. I feel like it's going to be, it's going to be an effort. It's going to be right here. It's, it's right be, up in my grill. It's a lot of face-to-face contact. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But this is an amazing moment. In all honesty, I'm thrilled to be here with you. You know I love you very much. And I just was so excited for us to come back together. I've been chomping at the bit to get back to our millions of fans all over the world for the University of Pleasure and uh, season four. We have a lot coming here in season four. We're going to have cameras. We're going to actually like comb our hair. You know, for a lot of like (laughs) what we did before, it was like, I'll meet you at 10 a.m. on Monday morning. There were some rough. It was rough. Ooh, some of those times. You always look pretty good, but there were some times Mm, where. It's very kind of you. That's kind. I didn't look my greatest. I I like that Jeremiah saying this, but I just need everyone to know that he took multiple screenshots of me. From our Zooms when we were doing these that were very unflattering that he now uses on his phone when I show up on it. So. There's nothing better than when you call me. I like live for you to text or call me so I can see specifically this one. One day I might even release it for all of Please, our fans to uh, see do not. because it was so good. It looks like she's picking her nose. Like it's just, it's so great. It's like simultaneous nose pick slash eye roll slash annoyed with me. Every, it's just like, it encompasses our relationship. I feel like that. That's why <laughs> just... I love it so, so much. <laughs> all right, all right. We're babbling on here, but in all honesty, it really is great to be back. It is great to be able to talk to all of our listeners. Um, we are again, we're delayed by a month and a half because it is true. The doc did make this big move and it is amazing to actually sit in the same room because this is truthfully 
the first time we have done an mm-hmm. in-person episode since the first, I think, episode 10 in season one. Yeah, we uh, it was pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. That's how crazy this is. And mm-hmm. since then, like, the world has reopened. All this stuff is happening. COVID, like, never happened now. And everybody's just living free and wild. <laughs> <laughs> is that? Yes. <laughs> is that what's happened? Okay. <laughs> That's what that's the way I see it Good. from my Good. non-clinical eye. But we're gonna start this season four with an original style episode. And then uh, we got some episodes coming up. I'm really excited about. We got some more sex tech corner. I've been doing so much research on the off season. And I gotta tell you, one of the ones I'm really, really excited about is this thing I found from China, which is a kissing machine that like, if you kiss the thing and and you have the kissing machine, it's got lips on it and it smooches you. So like, I'm going to get that for us maybe. And like, I can just send you a smoochy smooch from over. No, you're giving me a look. I just, we'll talk about it. Well, let's keep it. Let's save it. We'll save it for the episode. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited. So we're going to, we're going to be doing a classic episode to start season four here. And by classic, he means Tara drones on for long periods of time about a specific topic. We're all going to learn today. (laughs) We're all going to learn. I'm in a learning mood. Our listeners are in a learning mood. We're happy to be back. Maybe, you know what we might even do? We might even do a TikTok. Maybe we'll do a TikTok. Let everybody know we're coming back. We're real. Like the kids do. You know what I mean? Get it out for all our fans. Let them know we're back. What do you think? Pure enthusiasm. I know you it. You know how it. much I love social media. A hundred percent. You're so good at it. You've always been so great at it. I am, I am not great. Yes. I'm pretty sure they caught on to our batter at that point. So here we are back again. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and check out all our stuff on social media. The Amy book is out there. Of course, never forget we do announcements about announcements. We've got a lot of things coming down the pipe. And again, the major announcement is we're going to go with cameras soon. We're going to do actual videos we're of gonna this. We're going to do... And upload them. What, what everyone else has been doing for okay. a much longer time. Okay. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Okay. <laughs> hang on. Okay. <laughs> to be fair... Okay, that was always the plan, but then the world kind of fell apart. We got busy. We got busy and things got crazy. Okay, and then of course, did we not, I would just like to say, okay, before we get started here, that we were on, we were ahead of the curve. Okay, we were literally like pioneers. Podcasting had been around for a while, but it it then exploded during the pandemic. And I like to say that we were trendsetters, Doc, because we did this before the pandemic and then everybody got into it. Now everybody's got a podcast, but the University of Pleasure was an originator. I stand by that statement. And that we would have to, it's not a point. (laughs) And we're going to have cameras and do what now everyone else does that we would have been pioneers in had the world not stopped and we could have, it doesn't matter that we could have filmed it on Zoom. That's not the point, listeners. Okay, but the point, I'm getting off topic here. All right. Let's start with our topic, because I can see the doc in person now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot more, you know. It's a lot more. It's a lot more when I'm in your face. Okay, so here we go. Our first topic of season four, dialing up Jeremiah James' sexy voice. Narrator voice. Fighting to find fun. Restoring playfulness in long-term relationships. Mm, mm, mm. That's a good one to start with, and I'll tell you why. I think that this is one of a, a common 
problem that I have personally had many conversations with many friends in long-term relationships where trying to keep the spice of life happening, you know, mm -hmm. in the world of the boudoir, right? And I think that this is a great way to start off because it is so, it's, it's, it's like a, a thread that ties us all together. Yeah. Also, you know, like spring is here. People are finding their energy again, you know, after like kind of the winter doldrums, they're sort of, you know, coming out of hibernation. Yeah. Feel a little more energetic. For sure. About life. So, yeah. I think uh, to your point, it's probably, it's interesting. I have a lot of couples that come in and, and want to talk about finding playfulness in their sexual relationships. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is when I start asking them questions, really, it's it's often, not always, but struggling to have it kind of across their relationship, not just in their sexual relationship. Oh, and so we, we're not even just talking about the spice of life in this one. We're going to talk much like a, a broader more, bro more broadly, because kind of some of the things we'll talk about is like working on finding that playfulness in your general relationship, like day-to-day -day relationship is part of what allows it to be easier to have mm. in your sexual relationship. Okay. So. Okay. Well, let's jump into the deep end of the pool yeah. dock. It's season four. I'm ready to learn. I'm open. I know our millions of fans are ready. Hit yeah. Me. Great. Um, well, I think it might be helpful to talk about like why why is this such a common problem like why you know because it seems like it should be simple <laughs> you like, already lost me this is getting right. boring i thought we had a specific topic we were getting right to now we got it well you know the you know the drill right i gotta talk about the foundations of it can i get comfortable yeah get okay. comfortable you're on a couch man take, all right take, kick back uh to be clear i am not on a couch being therapized she's not my therapist we're just here doing a podcast continue we, we absolutely are mm -hmm. i would never attempt therapy with you i understand many, that i would be a challenge for many reasons <laughs> uh okay so part of uh i think sometimes like i said it can people kind of think about like why why is this so tough why is this like something that long-term like kind of goes away i guess and it doesn't for everybody like some couples just naturally have an easier time and some people put a lot of effort into keeping it playful, but it's one of the most common complaints. And, you know, when we're younger and we're first, like, you know, a lot of people in their relationships, especially if they begin them when they're younger, when you're younger, you just have more energy. But beyond that, and this is probably the more important thing that interferes with playfulness, is you have less responsibility. Yes, 100%. I mean, let me tell you, if I can go back in time right now and just get 20 bucks from my dad to go play video games or something like that with friends, like, sign me up. Being a grown-up is a royal pain in the butt. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot of times people come in and they're like, God, this was so much easier when we met. And a lot of times when they met, maybe sometimes in their 20s or late 20s, maybe sometimes early 30s. But, like, a lot of times the responsibilities of life hadn't stacked up yet. Yeah. Right? Yep. 100%. And as those things stack up, right, those things, responsibilities, become priorities right so what starts to happen is that fun and playfulness is the thing and whether we label it that or not that starts to feel optional sure and so when the responsibilities are there those things feel like necessities and because fun and playfulness feels like an option what happens is we don't prioritize that got it because you know for the most part uh it just is something that that feels like, eh, well, I should do this or I have to do that. So I guess this can keep. But the problem is, is the more we sort of say no to playfulness or fun, especially in long term relationships, the harder it is to keep a connection that feels romantic, flirtatious. Right. right? Sure. I 
I could not even begin to count for you how many couples have come in and talked about how they feel like roommates or business partners. Sure. Right? Yeah. Because often what's happening is sort of their shared experience is often about the bills, the house, right? Like all these transactional things, the children and what needs to happen. So a lot of their interactions, and especially because, you know, and to be fair to everybody, they're balancing jobs and they're balancing not always oftentimes parenthood and all these other things. And so when they get space together and when they get time together, it's about like, yeah, sure, it'd be fun to play a game or do something silly, but we got shit to do. Right. <laughs> like, right. we got real life stuff we have to do. Yeah. I always say, Doc, you know, our fans have heard this many times. The world gets in the way sometimes. You know, you've got bills to pay, you got things to do, your kid might have the flu. I mean, there's so many things. And so I'm sure that, yeah, I mean, this is something I think is just so universal. So I'm with you. I'm on board. Yeah. Well, and we collect these ind individual responsibilities. And then I think we collect in a, in a relationship, these shared responsibilities. Right. Yep. And so that just, it sort of just accumulates over time. And I think the problem with it is that it often happens very slowly. So we don't notice the fun sort of leaking out. Ooh. You know what I mean? Oh, because it's, out. because it's not usually like one day, you know, like all of a sudden it was fun and then it's not. I mean, sometimes maybe if something really problematic or difficult happens potentially, but more often than not, it's just kind of this, responsibilities stack and they start to take priority and then all of a sudden this playfulness that was there just becomes less and less of a priority and again not because anybody's doing anything wrong but just because that's sort of what life is is calling for but then you know as, as a sex therapist one of the things that becomes really challenging is people come in and they're like well we want our sex to feel playful and fun but it's stuck in a context of not a very playful relationship in general, right? And some people sexually are really good at just sort of being like, yeah, we just did the bills. Let's uh, let's go to the bedroom. Let's have sex, right? Yeah, like, hot. right? Super hot. Like some people what are a great to, transition, right? And lots of other people are not like that, right? <laughs> they might need more of a ramp in, right? So if you know, like if somebody is going from like bills to sex that's really convenient if someone can make that switch but if you have even one person in a relationship and sometimes it's two but even one person in the relationship which side note that's a lot of people that can't just quickly shift into like being like ready for sex or like being like oh okay now we're like we're in a different mode together like we've talked before on this podcast many times about like building an on-ramp right, right right and like for some people that feels really abrupt it's sort of like we just spent two hours like talking about the kids and you know one of them around what we're going to do around potty training like how am i what you know like how am i gonna get yeah. sort of, like how am i gonna how be do in i movement? swerve into the sex sexiness right and so like this idea of like playfulness and on a day-to-day -day basis is incredibly important for kind of setting a really setting sort of a, a, a foundation and a context that makes it much easier than to transition into, you know, fun, flirtatious sex. What's really fa like fascinating to me is, we're just, you know, notable is that a lot of couples, when they come in and they talk, there's often a lot of grief around just, not just about like the fact that they're not having sex in some way or intercourse, that they also just feel like they they've lost this like flirtatious energy okay. with each other that they really are feeling. I mean, some people have, you know, gone as far as like, we feel like siblings, 
right? Like, or we just feel like family and, and it just feels very odd now to be flirtatious because they've gotten out of practice with this kind of playful energy. But as we've talked about so many times here at the University of Pleasure, when you feel that way, there are ways and tools that we've talked about in the past, if I remember past episodes, you know, where they can find ways to reconnect. You know, one thing that you know, we used to talk about a lot that was even hard for me to understand, which I know is shocking because I'm so worldly, was that, you know, like the idea of like, it's not a bad thing to like set up a date for sex, like, or to prep it. It's not unsexy. And at first when we had that conversation, I was like, I don't know, is it not, is that kind of unsexy to not be like spontaneous? Like, hey, I know we're doing the bills and bada bing, let's go, I'm ready. And, and, you know, the way that you described it was like, you know, you know, it's not unsexy. And actually, the more you do it, you got so like, I, 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 there are on-ramps and off-ramps I think we can yeah. talk about here, right? I'm not, yeah, I'm not crazy, there are right? Yeah, And I think that, like, like I said, like, a lot of times that's talking about, like, how do you make time for sexual touch, for sexual play, and carve that out. This is a more broad conversation around, like, also what has to start, and I know it's always like, you got to do more work. There's always more work, right? But yeah. like also what has to be carved out is literally just like in day-to-day -day interactions and you will be so excited. I have some tools oh. and strategies. Oh, season four is starting up, right? You will be so happy, right? Around like, how do you just like literally learn how to make fun and playfulness a priority again in your adult life? I mean, what's really interesting is culturally, we kind of, <laughs> we really value this idea of responsibility. Yes. We, we value it. And I'm not saying like we, we shouldn't value it, but we value it sort of above a lot of other things. And there's a lot of messaging about that to the point that if someone takes time out for something playful or pleasurable, at times it can be seen as irresponsible. And it's interesting because with couples, right? Like a common point. It just means I'm irresponsible all the time, baby. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, very irresponsible here. Yeah, you know, I would love to have a conversation with your wife about that. <laughs> it's not about her. Why are you bring her up so early in this season? Okay, it's not about her. Continue. Just thinking. Um, but like, you know, a common conflict. It's interesting that happens in couples where they might come in and one partner is feeling like. Like there's sort of personal playfulness, like creating space for like our personal playfulness and fun, right? Like let's say somebody really loves video games, right? And playing video games. Side note, you have no idea how many arguments I've had in my office about somebody taking time out to play video games or Ooh. like to do something playful or fun for themselves. Okay. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's because there's this sensation that if you're not like contributing to the house or doing something, you know what I mean? And people can be on different pages around how important that is mm. in a relationship. But, you know, it goes well if you have two people that are taking that space for themselves. But part more of what I'm talking about today is like, how do you take that space together? Okay, right? well, let's talk about that. How do we take it together? That's the question here. Well, I built in a, a break. Oh, you did? Yeah. Is this our break? Do we want to take it? Oh, my God. <laughs> so many. I want to be more. I want to be more responsible this season. Okay. But also playful because I want to find out. Balance is key. Balance is key, <laughs> and I respect it. We'll be right back. And we're back. And can we all just take a moment to give the doc a round of applause? Round of applause! 
because she came up with a break on the first episode. <laughs> oh, crushing. I'm telling you, this Get season is going to be our best season. I feel like we're turning, like, the synergy is just, it's like we're becoming one, like the singularity. You I'm not gonna lie, me. I feel so distracted being in the same room with you. <laughs> I know, I'm beautiful. It's very, very difficult. No, it's just more like a, you know, I don't know where to like put the energy, where to like focus. It's just. Well, I think you're doing great. Oh, okay, you. so you, you don't need to stress and you sound great and it's gonna be great. So let's get back to what we're saying. Doc, if you please. Yeah, so just to clarify a couple things that I was saying there. One of the things that I want to be really clear on is that I do think from a personal mental health standpoint, like finding things that are like playful, fun. Like, I think that's really important. I totally, I think I totally agree. Yeah. I think that's super important to personal mental health. And as an aside, something that is a good conversation to have with your partner around, like, how do you also negotiate like that space and that playfulness for you independently? Sure, sure. Today's topic is on shared. Though. Okay, shared. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, shared, shared, shared. Um, yeah. one of the first things that I would say is um, if you want to make a shift, and this is, you know, there are other opinions, but my opinion is, is that you kind of have to change your philosophy. And one of the changes is that playfulness as, as a couple, like that fun is not optional. Right. It is it is no longer an option of whether you like if you if you want it to be something that changes and something that shifts, if it's sort of like, well, that that fun thing that we could go do together, that playful thing that we could do together, like hmm, I mean, that's an option, but I gotta go do I gotta I gotta vacuum the living room. Right, <laughs> right? right, 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 right. Like yep. at some point, right, if that's always philosophically kind of in your head and if you're kind of reflecting on it and it's like, yeah, that stuff does always kind of feel like it's optional to me. At some point, it becomes much more helpful to say, that's that's not optional. <laughs> it's not any more optional than like, you know, paying my bills in sure. certain ways. Right. And I know that sometimes that might be a philosophical stretch, but how we categorize things in our minds can impact how we behave, right? Okay. It impacts our motivation for certain things, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's often unconscious, right? We don't even realize we're doing it, you know, but it, it would be kind of akin to like, if someone's like, well, like people like a buzz, buzz phrase of the last few years, right? Self-care. Self-care. I'm right? all about self-care, right? And everybody's always talking about, like, you got to prioritize self-care. You have sure. to prioritize self-care, which is great. I'm for it. Yeah, by me the way. too. And in certain ways, I'm talking about that, but more in terms of like the couple, right? Okay, sure. And part right. of the care for the couple is about really sort of mentally going like, it is necessary for us to do fun, playful, enjoyable things if we want to have, not just in our sex lives, but a sustained sense of like sort of romantic partnership energy sure. yeah, that yeah, feels yeah. light you. and enjoyable. So part of it is just also just starting to work to ask yourself like, do I see this as an option? <laughs> am, I right. am I treating it as an option? Right. If I, cause, and I'm, and again, some people would, would maybe disagree with me and that's totally fine. But like, if you're sitting there and you're going, Oh, it really is bothering me that the living room is not vacuumed and your partner's saying, Hey, let's go do something. Let's go out today. And let's have, let's like go on this like weird, crazy thing that I found. I would say, can your living room carpet wait <laughs> right right can it wait it can wait i'm a firm believer it can wait doc especially when it comes to vacuuming yeah i mean me too me so, too so part okay. of this is also personal bias right like okay, 100%, I'm, not, 100%. I'm not like you know 
tidy, but not... Uh, yeah, let's not go crazy. Right. Um, so in terms of more, though, like strategies, like actual like behavioral strategies that things can do, one of the first things that um, I think is incredibly important if you're trying to kind of re-inject some, some playfulness into your relationship is really starting to create and make intentional efforts towards building novelty okay. in your relationship. So doing some new stuff together. <laughs> the reason that novelty is really helpful in building playfulness is that when we do new things with someone, our mind doesn't already have scripts in terms of how we're supposed to behave or how we're supposed to react. Like when we do kind of the same stuff with someone, and this is all sort of unconscious, psychological sort of processes, but our mind sort of is like, oh, I'm in this context and we always go to this restaurant and here's what I order and here's how I behave, right? And, and it, it kind of becomes a little more confined. But when we do something new, right? We put ourselves in a new environment or we engage in a new activity, the mind doesn't have as much as that of um, as much of that contained script. So what it allows for is more sort of like freedom. And yes, yeah, and I see what you're saying here. Right? Yeah, it like it's like an automatic unlock because you're not doing it's like if you always go to like Bertucci's and get like Is you know the place? meat. It was yes, and you know what, Doc? It was a real place. I was a certified trainer there. I also <laughs> won an, a major award in that restaurant, and it was a pin because I sold so much wine. Did we talk about this? I, I, we must have talked about this because I'm a major award winner, and you know I love awards. And I won a ruby olive pin at Bertucci's for selling 11 bottles of wine, the most ever sold in that restaurant like, to an entire softball team because they won their thing. And And... I crushed it, and there was a little ceremony and everything. So it's next to the University of Pleasure uh, Coolio Award that we have because uh, we're an award-winning podcast here. And yeah, uh, I still haven't seen that award. Now that I'm in town, I can. You, you can know. come and look at it. It's oh, in my great, office. You great. can totally come and look at it, and we can and share in it. And by sharing it, I mean you can look at it and leave it in my office for me to uh, bask in its glory. Anyway, the point is. That I understand what you're saying because if you if you always go to Bertucci's and you're always getting the meat lovers pizza and then you're always and that, that's just what you do on like Thursday every time and it becomes kind of monotonous right and if you just all of a sudden were like tonight we're going to an escape room we're gonna do something a little different we're just gonna step out it like automatically like triggers like a a new unscripted thing yeah it, which I think would be helpful to like you know it it unlocks something in our behavior not yeah. always like it but it creates the space for the mind to go, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, so fuck it. Fuck it, fuck <laughs> it. We're going to so, fucking do it. Right, so, and, and, and it allows oftentimes then for more of that kind of like playful energy. And I think that the other thing about novelty that is really helpful is that when you and your partner do something new together, it it's now something that's yours that you can share, right? Like, and and we'll talk a little bit, like not everything can be novel and there's, you know, like there's lots of ways to find playfulness even in the familiar. But, you know, a, a really big component of, of like building relationships and sustaining relationships is having experiences together. We have to have experiences together. It's part of why like in COVID we got so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. Right. It like totally we, makes sense we stopped building experiences together. I yeah. mean, relationships are living, breathing things. You need to feed them. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have experience, and this is like friendships, family relationships, it doesn't matter. If you don't feed them, then they're not going to grow in the same way. Like 
that's what, like when you go and you do something or you like engage in a behavior or activity or something with someone else, now like you have something that you share. It like gives you shit to talk about, right? Because, right. you know, if you got nothing to talk about, you're like those sad couples just sitting at tables not doing anything, which man always makes me so right. sad when I'm in a restaurant. <laughs> I, like, I see them just sitting there and they're just kind of like looking over each other's shoulder or they're just kind of like nobody's talking. And listen, I'm not trying to give people a hard time. I'm not saying that maybe some couples love that. I'm just saying, I see that. And I'm like, oh man, like I, you know, gotta talk, gotta talk to each other. Right. So, I mean, you're just nodding at me. Like I'm insane. What? What? No, I'm listening. Oh, you're listening. That's your listening nod. I mean, normally I'm I was so on confused. a screen, you know, like looking off, listening. Okay. Well, it's just too much to look at just, I also would like to, I also like to say that I think that might be our first t-shirt of the year. It's too much to look at you? How, of course it is, because <laughs> I'm a lot. I'm a lot. I'm a lot to take in, Doc. My beauty radiates. No, I was saying a relationship is something that needs to be fed. And yeah. then like a Pac-Man. But not Pac-Man, because then it would be copyright infringement. But something around those lines, because I'm always thinking, Doc. I'm always thinking about like things like merchant selling. You know what I mean? Sure. Great. Sure. Excellent. I think we're on the same page and I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I mean, but not, I won't lie, like building experiences, like you can build experiences in many ways. Like even if you do go to, what do you get? Batucci's? Is that what it was? Batucci's. What is it? Batucci's. Bertucci's. Bertu I apologize. If you can go to Bertucci's, you know, like then try to have a new conversation. Like try to bring up an interesting topic, something that you haven't talked about or like some interesting thing that someone told you that versus sort of these more transactional, like, hey, did we do this thing around the house that we were supposed to do? Did we, did you get that dentist appointment done? And I know you also have to do that. Sure. I get that. Right. But if you're taking space like a, like a date night, right. Or something and going out and with the intention of like connecting, then really thinking about like, how are we connecting, right? Like, mm -hmm. are we somehow even in small ways trying to like connect on something a little different or a little new or like in a way that helps me continue to get to know who you are? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, you might even surprise somebody. Look, I know I always order the meat lovers, but you know what? I saw something on, you know, Martha Stewart and that Bertucci's was doing this new type of pizza. And I thought maybe we would order that and we would talk about it. Like maybe, you know, just like easing <laughs> yeah. into it. You yeah. Know? I mean, and so like there can be these small ways. I mean, I think sometimes too, it's really helpful to like build like experiences that are, you know, like a little bit like they can be more structured if that helps, if that helps people schedule their lives and also fit in the responsibilities. So like doing something just weird, like, like join a kickball league. Kickball, I love kickball. Kickball? Kickball's great. Okay, of all the things that you have said on this podcast that have shocked me, this is the <laughs> one that shocks me the most. First of all, you're not the most sporty person. Which is why kickball is great. Yeah, but you know, it, it, like the fact that you just were saying like kickball in general, like I would have expected, so, I don't know what I was expecting, yeah. but I wasn't expecting you to toss kickball yeah. in my have direction. Have you played here. kickball as an adult? Of course, I, well, not as an adult, Doc. It's I'm a grown man. Well, that's my point, right? <laughs> Like you play kickball and we associate that with childhood and instantly you're playing, right? Okay. Like instantly you're brought back to some type of side note, you know, I'm, I'm new to Manhattan, so I don't know if they have kickball leagues here, Ooh. but back where I was, maybe I start them if people don't have them. Oh, but you like, should start a kickball league. Yeah. I would join your league. Yeah. So kickball is a great time because you, by the way, it doesn't have to be kickball, but like 
a softball league, a kickball league, right? Like something sort of a bowling league, something where like you go and you, you play with other people and you play with each other. And like, you're very literally sort of like you're on the same team or maybe even you get on different teams to create some healthy competition Ooh. with each other, right? Like just Ooh. to pump a little energy into things. I couldn't do that. I wouldn't be able to do that because I would be like Ric Flair on the mic to my wife. If like I kicked the ball and it like hit her in the face and she didn't catch it or something, I'd be like, you, you <laughs> see that? Ooh, I'm the man. <laughs> I crushed it. Subtle note, I will say, if you know you're a super competitive person and you decide like, oh, me and my partner should go on a softball league together, but you know you're way intense, don't do that. Yeah, because, that's probably not a good choice. Because know thyself, right? Because that might create more problems if you're like criticizing your partner about their athletic ability. Yeah, but then at the same time, fun. Doc, to thy own self be true and let it <laughs> rip, you know? Like if their game and your game and you're, all right, all right, fine, you're yeah. right. Just, I'm, saying, I'm saying like play to your strengths right be aware of your okay. weaknesses play to your strengths it's like, fair pick an activity but all of these things that i'm saying and i and i understand it they they require like real life effort yes like they do require that you try you know and mm -hmm. sometimes i know that that and i say that with like all like complete empathy for the fact that life is hard there's a lot of responsibilities and a lot of stuff and it can feel hard to wedge things in but I've watched so many people, once they figure it out and they decide that this has to be a priority and they say, we're both going to really try at this, that kind of thing makes an enormous difference in their relationship. Even if it's like, screw it, we're going to join this board game meetup. Yeah, like just that, like something to change it up, you know, something to make it a little bit different. You know, your old pal Jeremiah James understands exactly what the doc is saying. Or we want to we want to switch it up. We want to try new things. We want to not talk about the monotony of being grown-ups because being grown-ups can... Listen, we've got to do that anyway. But if you carve out some time and try to talk about some other things, maybe that you didn't realize that somebody was into. You know, oh, you know, I didn't realize that you were into kickball. Well, that's something we could talk about. Yeah, man, I used right to crush or like, kickball. Uh, right, or like you get to like... There is something super exciting about watching your partner like really like nail or succeed at something, right? Or like, oh, yeah. just like, you know, like there's something like flirtatious where you go, I forgot that you were so funny when we're like, when you're like in the right context. Yeah, like, right? yeah. Or like, I forgot that like you are so freaking good at trivia. Right. It like was sexy to see you be really like smart about whatever. I'm terrible at trivia. So, right. I only know like 90s pop culture and that's really right right it. right and that's acceptable right but like when when we get to watch our partners like it's not just about them being fun for us and playful with us sometimes it's also really fun and sexy to watch them be playful with other people i totally agree and you know i, I can honestly say this you know seeing as you already brought up my wife i can talk about her now but you know <laughs> she like just did something today ironically and like sent me this video which was totally out of the norm but she was roofing the catio because we have cats and uh, I'm more of a dog guy myself, but we've got these cats and my wife built them a patio called a catio off the window so that they can go outside and sit in what looks like a, a you know, to me, it looks like a little cat jail, but like, you know, it, like <laughs> they, they're happy. They're watching the birds. They're outside. It's all screened in and everything like that. It's and like today, a screened in porch. Yeah, it's like a screened cats. in porch for cats. I guess it looks, I guess that's better than looking at it like a jail. But anyway, that's my thing. And I'm, she roofed it today. She put roofing, like, <laughs> like did the roofing. And I was like, my wife is hot, man. My wife's a badass. Look at that. 
Look at her roofing like that, like a badass lady, just putting on shingles. And I just was like, that was that was new. I can tell you, I've seen my wife do a lot of little projects. Ain't never seen her do no roofing. And that's and the that, power of novelty. And you know, all of a sudden there was novel, and I was like, good job, baby. That's it. They're going to wait to get home. So I'm with you. I feel you. And I think we should take another break here. And then when we come back, let's move into the other aspects of how that might lead to spicing it up a little bit more, to making it spicy sure. again. Yeah? Yeah, I have one. We'll be right back. And we're back. Yes, we're back. Yes, we're back. Here we are. We're back. Okay. So, Doc, let's get back to uh, how these things, we've already established now that things, you know, if they get a little monotonous like that, being the daily every day, dealing with all the things of being grown-ups, which sucks, you know. I used to, by the way, think it was going to be awesome being a grown-up. I was like, oh, I can't wait to be a grown-up. It's going to be the sweetest. It's no one will tell me what to do. Yeah, and I, then you realize as an adult, it's only people telling me that's what right. to do. Your <laughs> life was a lie as a kid. Like, it's like, I thought I'd be a grown-up and nobody could tell me shit. And then all of a sudden, they're like, everybody tells you what to do. And you got to pay the taxes and you don't want to go to jail. And like, there's all these things, you know, and it's a royal pain in the butt. Anyway, never grow up. Peter Pan forever. That's what I'm saying. Never land. Anyway... So we've talked about how that can get in the way. We've talked about a little bit about breaking up that monotony, well, maybe joining some, kickball. I'm not, well, so I have some other things that, and these translate, I would say these would translate both to everyday playfulness and also probably begin to transition into other things that are also worth considering in your sexual life. Let's hit well. it. Okay. So, um, and I would say, you know, and I want to, if we talk about it in the context of a sexual relationship, I want to be very clear, like, do things that you feel willing and open to do. Don't push yourself in a way outside your comfort zone that makes you distressed. That's just my caveat to what I'm about to say. Okay. But especially more day-to-day life, working on saying yes to things. So... Like the Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, essentially, right? Um, Like, a lot of times... Should we just tell the audience, just watch the Jim Carrey movie and it'll fix it? Yeah, I think the Jim Carrey movie has like, you know, I think... Uh, he says yes to everything. That Red Bull scene where he's like, Red Bull. I love Red Bull. Red Bull. <laughs> Sorry, that kills me every time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think there is like a moral to the story where, you know, you can't Listen, I don't yes pay attention. I don't watch things. movies for morals, okay? Yeah. There's a new movie coming out that's called Glorious. Have you seen this trailer, by the way? Side no. note, everybody. It is starring J.K. Simmons. You know who that is? The yes, guy? I yeah, do. okay. And it's, then the the guy that was a police officer in True Blood. Like the the young, good-looking guy from True Blood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, Brian Quentin. Yes, Brian Quentin, and he they, he ends up in a, a rest stop bathroom, and there's a demon inside a bathroom stall that if he doesn't service the glory hole in which the demon is in the stall, and there's a glory hole in the stall, right? And he's got. I'm t- you're rolling your eyes. I swear this I'm is. I'm not real rolling thing. it. I'm I'm just. <laughs> I don't know where this it's is going. literally called glorious, and if he doesn't service. This evil demon, which is voiced by J.K. Simmons, Jeez. then the whole world will come to an end like hell will take over. And at first I thought this was a joke. And then I looked up the trailer and I was like, I smell an Oscar. That is a- it is, Doc. It's real. Everybody go check it out. Glorious. We are not sponsored by Glorious. We have nothing to do with Glorious. I don't know if but I want to have I got to be honest with you. The trailer made me desperately want to go see this movie. Okay. Anyway, back that on looks- topic. Where were we talking about? Oh my gosh, that's an intense... Okay, that was an intense segue. All right. I'm no. sorry. I just got very excited. Yeah, so I'm talking about saying yes 
Yes, yes, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought up Jim Carrey was another movie. I'm with you. I'm back. Yes. I'm in it. So in saying yes to things, right, a lot of times um, in, in long-term relationships, it's easier to start to stay inside our comfort zone. You know, it's what's interesting, like when we first start dating people, we tend to flex ourselves a lot more outside our comfort zone. Truth. Right? Like, Truth. we really tend to be like, yeah, sure, I totally could try sushi. I'm up for that. Like, we really, we stretch. You know I love sushi. I know. We stretch a lot more. But what happens is the more secure, and this is a little bit about attachment, right? The more securely we attach to people, sometimes the easier it feels to, you know, stay in our comfort zone because we we feel secure in that relationship. And so then it's like, uh, that might make me a little uncomfortable. They'll be fine if I say no, right? Our relationship will be fine if I say no. And so then we end up sort of not stretching ourselves as much as we typically would. And this is, this is like just a, a side note, a common thing that we all kind of do when we're securely attached. It, it What's interesting is we, we often sometimes find ourselves trying harder for people we barely know or acquaintances comparative to people that we're really securely attached to. Huh. Now, this is a big learning moment. I'm with you. Okay. Because, like, so it's a really good and very not kind of on the train of what we're talking about, but a different psychological example of that is, like... Okay, Doc, you can, you can explain it without scratching I know, your hands. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> with... Um, <laughs> And a psychological example of that is like kids, um, like kids and their parents, right? Like kids will like, like sometimes you'll have kids like that are, I don't know, maybe they're like preteens or teens and they'll be like perfect angels with school and with other adults. And then they'll come home and <laughs> total brats with their parents, <laughs> just horrible, right? And part of it's because like they feel safe sure, sure. to yeah. be a little more emotional or they feel safe to like, you know, be a little bratty or whatever it might be or to misbehave because they actually feel safe to do that. And when it's other people and we're not as attached to them, we don't always know how they're going to behave, right? Mm. So we might stretch ourselves or we might step outside of our comfort zone. A lot of times in the beginning of relationships, we're also still trying to maybe impress people. Yes. In yes. certain in certain ways. Now, would this be something that then would fall into that bracket of like, you know, you were so awesome when we first got together kind of things. Like <laughs> well, you used to be so down for stuff. Like, yeah. you know, now we're just, you know, like, is that, is yeah, that? I mean, and sometimes it does create conflict and confusion, right? Like, mm -hmm. and this happens sexually a lot too, right? Where when people first start having sex, it's like, yeah, I love blowjobs, right? And then mm -hmm. like, like mm -hmm. maybe a couple years in, I don't really like them all that much, right? Yeah. Like, and someone's like, what happened? What changed? And to be fair to people, a lot of times it's it's just an instinctive thing. Some of that's also just part of mating behavior, right? Like a lot of times people aren't, sometimes people are being maybe a little disingenuous, but more often than not, people are just like, yeah, I want to be this different version of me with you, or I want to be more uh, adventure seeking, or I want to be, and it's coming from like, a real place, right? And, sure, sure. And yeah, it's not not deceptive intentionally. It's like that's what they want at that right. moment in at time, that moment and then things change. Yeah. And too, and when we're falling in love and <clears throat> with sex, right? Yeah. Like, there's all sorts of things that are happening in our brain that do make us like they in they have impact on our arousal and our sex drives and sort of interest in all these sorts of things. But that's a different episode. Yeah, that's a different episode. I think we did that episode. If I'm being honest, uh, yeah, we did do that episode. 100, <laughs> we did that episode. Um. So anyway, so like, I think a lot of times. You know, if someone's listening, like kind of asking yourself, like, have I stopped saying yes to things, right? Like if my partner comes in and is like, do you want to do this new thing? And you have that moment of like, oh, that sounds like I might have to like 
get a little dressed up or like, it sounds like I might have to be a little uncomfortable. No. <laughs> right? right. Like really kind of reflecting on like, have, have you stopped saying yes to as many things? Mm-hmm. And again, I would never encourage someone to say yes to something that would like truly distress them. Right. I'm right. more talking about a, a healthy stretching. Yeah. Like, you know, discomfort. yeah. The, ba- the basic thing, I'm just like pushing the normal boundaries. Sometimes you get comfortable. Sometimes you're like, eh. You know, maybe I, you know, I don't want to need to go to that party. I don't know everybody there and I might be able to, like, yeah, maybe say yes to that party. You know, maybe you go anyway and see, you know, because your partner may want to go and, you know, give you a little chance to, to flex that yes muscle. Yeah. And a lot of times, like what we sort of like our predictive minds are about how we're going to feel at a certain like uh, activity or event are really wrong. <laughs> right. Because our predictive minds are often more fear-based, right? Like how many, or just sort of like wanting to stay on the route that it's currently on. How many times does somebody, you know, like I think about myself, like you make plans with friends and then, you know, the night of you're like, oh, I don't know what I, I really would rather just stay home. And you like this person and you really enjoy them, but you're kind of like, man, I wish I wouldn't have made plans with so-and-so. <laughs> but then you go and, and you have a blast and you're like, I'm so happy that I went. Right. Yep. And that's a lot of our experiences, our predictive minds sometimes are not the most accurate about how we're going to feel and how we're going to experience something. Um, I think another thing that I think can be really helpful in building playfulness, and this is something that as we age, and I also think culture has kind of shifted in a way that's made it a little harder, is is to to stop trying to make everything be so good, right? Like, so I mean this in a couple different ways. We've talked a lot on this podcast about that sexually, right? Like freedom to fail and how like letting things be kind of sloppy and messy and making mistakes, how that can make sex better. But I also mean just like in the day-to-day way, right? Like a lot of times people like, and I am guilty of this around one thing in particular, restaurants, right? In the day of Google reviews and Yelp, right? I'll take way too long to pick a restaurant, right? And what that takes away from me. Yes, I know this. Yeah, I know. Yes. And what that takes away from me, like, because I want to make sure that it's good, right? And to a certain degree, it's because like, oh, you know, I don't want to waste my money or whatever. But what that takes away from me is like that fun experience of happening upon some place that's great or maybe terrible. And then you have this funny, shared, ridiculous experience with someone where you're like, oh my gosh, remember at that restaurant when that dish came out? And we're like, oh, like, yeah. And you just recently had this happen with our correspondent who goes nowhere with Greg. Yeah. You did all of that research. I didn't do the research. Oh, Greg did the research? Mm -hmm. Greg, she's blaming you. She's blaming you. I just want to make sure that's clear. Okay. Anyway, back to this. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you went and it kind of was a flop. Like yeah. it just, yeah, the food kind of came in and you're like, meh, like that was it. You know, but now there's this funny story that, you know, Greg was telling me about that I figured you would tell me about that you didn't tell me about, which makes me feel like I've been excluded from the friendship, <laughs> which now is awkward because I'm telling you this on the air. It's not the air and it's recorded. Anyway, the point is that it's awkward now and okay. it's okay and I'll be fine about it. And it doesn't matter to me that I wasn't oh, even no. invited to the dinner, but that's a whole, whole nother thing. Um, but anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about letting things be bad. Letting things be bad. <laughs> and so you let them be bad and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, really, it's like thinking about like, uh, and I and I don't mean this. I know some people, it makes them feel a lot safer and to be a lot more secure. I'm not saying have no plans, right? But if you, hypothetically, if someone plans a vacation m- minute by minute or day by day. Woof. 
right? You're going to miss out potentially maybe on just some spontaneous things might happen, but you're also going to miss out on like some of the shitty stuff. Yeah. And the shitty stuff is where the stories are. That's where the best things happen. (laughs) And when we talk, like when I was talking about this idea of building experiences, those are often the best experiences. I mean, not when like something harrowing and horrible happens, Mm. but I mean like, like you go, you're like, we're going to go, there's this weird dance show. Let's go. And then you go and you're like, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. why? Why did, how did we even end up here? Right. And now you have this like funny thing that you've shared together and it adds this like laughter and frivolity into things yeah. that you wouldn't get to have if you went to the the thing that was guaranteed to be good. 100%. I had that happen one time, Doc. I was going uh, down the street with my buddy Burton and uh, he was visiting for the holidays and we walked by a show that said, naked Christmas spectacular with Hitler. Oof. And I went, I'm going to see the, like, we got to go see the show. I didn't do any, re- I did zero research as I often do and went in there, man. And it was one of the best, worst things I've ever seen. I would imagine. Everyone was naked, including Hitler. It made no sense. It was like a review show, but it was just like penises and vagina. Like it was just, it was like so much nudity. And then Hitler came out and would like yell a little bit. And then they were going to kill Hitler. And then they didn't. And then they all like sang Kumbaya and Merry Christmas at the end. And I was like, I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know. But I got to tell you, took me on a ride. And had yeah. I been somebody that was like, I don't know. I want to check the Yelp reviews. I may not have had that story. And that's what I'm sticking to. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes being able to like just say, this might be, this might suck, but let's do it anyway. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. This might suck, but let's do it anyway can add a lot of playfulness. So I kind of, I'm almost done. All right. All right. I'm almost done. I have an, an, I guess I would call it an assignment maybe, that I give couples sometimes. And it's my favorite assignment to give them. And what I do is I have couples, um, take turns planning dates for each other. But I give them a very specific set of rules and I call them third date rules, okay? Third date rules, okay. okay. So third date rules are this. On a third date, right, you know you're digging somebody, right? Yeah, so oh yeah. You, so if you're the one planning the date, right, or like kind of taking control of the date and what you do maybe, you know, you kind of wanna, you wanna impress them a little bit, but you don't wanna be like, way over the top. Like you want to get like a hot air balloon. Right. Too much. Yeah. Too much. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. You want to keep it appropriate, but you, you want to try. You're going to try. Right. And if you're the person going, you're going to try to say yes, more than likely. You're going to be like, okay, like I like this person. I want them to feel like I'm up for things. Yep. So even if like, I don't know, you don't like salsa dancing and they take you salsa dancing and you like them, you're going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> right. You're probably not going to say no. And so what I have people do is take turns planning these for each other. Sometimes, you know, it depends on what a couple can pull off, right? Where, you know, and, and I let people decide, like, let your partner know if you want it to be a surprise or if you want to be told what you're going to be doing. Sure. Some of the things that this does for people is, um, one, it becomes like their people are, are sharing in that responsibility of making fun and <laughs> playfulness, right? A a um like a mutual responsibility so it's not all on not all one person right Right. yeah yeah. because that can create a long conflict and sometimes someone often in a relationship there's one person that feels like they're the one that's kind of the driver of 
proposing fun things or fun things. The other thing that it can really do is, and the challenge that I give people is I want you to try to do things that are new, right? I want you to try to pick stuff you haven't done before or go places you haven't done. I also have learned my lesson. You need to set a budget. Oh. <laughs> I did not do that a few times and it went I wouldn't poorly. have thought about that. Yeah. Right? Because that could cause conflict too. Like, I spent like a grand on our date. You we spent- got a yacht. $20 to take me to a second run movie. Yeah. I mean, more often than not, it's like somebody just gets excited and then they fight about how much it costs while they were right, there. Right. So you want to set a budget so you don't got to worry about that. The other thing that I have people do in this part's more challenging, but I think it's really, really useful. No talking about money, kids, your job, or any other topic that feels sort of like um, getting business done. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Right? And so what's interesting about that one is a lot of times people are like, oh, okay. And it's really challenging, actually, to do. But people end up loving it. Okay. Because part of what you're trying to challenge yourself to do is to go, who is this person in front of me outside of all these shared responsibilities we have? Like, how do I keep getting to know them? How do I keep getting to learn about who they are? So it's one of my favorite things to give people. Um, people usually do end up liking it. And what's funny is the other thing that I tell people is like, if it's bad, it's also going to be good. Right. And so try to lean into that. And what's interesting is people end up, usually I don't have to tell people to keep going. They often keep going because it ends up being pretty fun. All right. So that's also just more of a concrete thing, but in closing, right. Um, you know, I think all of this stuff that I'm talking about, I think that there are small and, you know, bigger ways to work on that, but it also creates a really important foundation for better sex. Yeah. I, I, I totally, listen, having talked to you through this whole thing here, I got to be honest, I can totally see it because the monotony of being grown ups and paying bills and having to do that really can put a damper on your sexual life. But if you make space for, you know, challenging yourselves to do things, doing what you said, the suggestion of new dates and that sort of thing kind of builds almost like a, a, a layer of trust of like, now we can look to these other fun things mm-hmm. together. Like it builds a bridge. Yeah. And sometimes what's interesting is someone that works on a lot of sexual health struggles that couples might be having. Sometimes we got to do a lot of work on the sex itself. And sometimes actually it's not really about the sex. The sex becomes easier when it's about attending to the things like the context of their lives that the sex is happening within, right? Like, so sometimes it's actually more about like, hey, sex becomes pretty easy for us actually when we really do this stuff, this more day-to-day stuff and this kind of energy, playful energy building. Yeah. Sometimes that's what ends up really helping. Other times people need also more specific sexual stuff, but either way, it usually doesn't hurt. All right, Doc. Well, look, I think we've come to the end of our first episode of season four. Dun, dun, dun. It feels good. Man, I got to tell you, it feels really good to be back in the saddle. It's it's so good to genuinely be in the same room with you again because you cannot hide your disdain. It's not disdain. It's just pensiveness. I never know where you're coming, you know, from. I don't. That's why I keep you guessing. Yeah. Could you imagine if you had a boring co-host? Somebody that was just so like, blah, 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 blah. I say interesting <laughs> things. I keep you on your toes. You would be like, oh my God, this is brutal. I mean, listen, you're welcome. That's oh, all I wanted to say you. here. Okay. And I'm extremely humble to, I'm humble enough to know when I 
am delivering something really well. You know what I mean? So anyway, thank you to me. Thank you to you. And then to me for being here with you. It's basically what I'm saying. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just wanted to also encourage our listeners that if you have any questions or things you want to tell us or comments around what you perceive to be Jeremiah's humbleness, you yes. can, and how well he's doing at that, you can contact us at <laughs> contact <laughs> at theuniversityofpleasure.com. That was well placed. Contact <laughs> at universityofpleasure.com if you want to talk about how humble I am. Please hit us up there. And what's our phone number, Doc? Oh, I don't know. Okay, we don't have it right now, but we're going to add it in later. But we do have a phone number that you can call in. Listen to the past episodes. This is only season four. We're professionals here at the University of Pleasure. But in all honesty, it is great to be back. Love being able to talk with you, Doc. Love seeing you in person again. Excited about season four and all the fun things we're going to have happen. Don't forget to go and like, share, and subscribe to all the social media. Check out the books. Go to the website. And don't listen. Don't forget to listen to sex therapists shoot the shit, which I've still not been invited on, but I think I might break them on season two of sex therapists shoot the shit. They're gonna have me on at some point and have me in as a special guest speaker because I'm coming doc. I'm coming with my certificate of Jeremiah, the life coach, and then I'll be welcome in the club. And then we can all talk about things so freely like we do here at the University of Pleasure. Okay, so thank you for all that you do doc. I appreciate you. And thank you for all you do for so many people. It is great to be back with season four. And don't forget, it's tough out there. Be kind to one another. We'll talk to you all again soon. Bye, Doc. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.